back, it's time for customers who click. We all know that quality content is a great way to engage your audience, uh, your customers, and to generate their sales. Quality content answers their questions, it deals with doubts and concerns, and it can even motivate them to make their purchase. Video content has been exploding over the last couple of years. We all know that. Uh, it's not hard to see why. Uh, it's a great way to provide this engaging and informative content. And in fact, you can even just do a video version of a blog post and it's probably going to perform better than the re- written version. My guest today is Frost Lee, founder of Social Chat. And we're going to be talking about how you can integrate video content across the customer experience to get them what they need when they need it. Let's get Frost on now. Hi, Frost. Thanks for joining me today. Would you mind just giving us a little bit of your background, what you've been up to and how you've got to where you are today? Hi, Will. Thanks for having me. Hi, everyone. I'm Frost. I'm the founder of Social Chat. I have been really in the e-commerce and social place my entire career. So really quick, I've always been working, helping different kind of e-commerce brands to run their marketing and acquiring users using machine learning and scalable ways to really to Will's point, get users to click more, and more importantly, with satisfaction with every click. And that's why I started this company in Social Chat, because a lot of the changes in the marketing, especially in the tracking landscape by Apple and Google's changes, we found it harder and harder to get users click, and more importantly, click on the thing that is personalized content that really get them engaged and really make them comfort to either make a purchase or sign up on the website. So our solution is really making the personalized content on the website in an interactive and relevant way, serving to the shoppers. Do you know what I really liked what you said then, being satisfied with the click? That's really kind of interesting way of putting it because obviously I do conversion optimization. So everything I do is how do we get the customer to to take that next step? And it's the way I talk about it is always, you know, that we should be getting the conversion because the customer's convinced it is the right product for them to purchase, not because we've put some widgets and things on the website and done these hacks to kind of manipulate people to to click. So I really like the idea of every click on the website, the customer should be satisfied that they're going in the right direction. I think that's absolutely interesting. And we can also measure it very clearly to see their repeating clicks and repeating purchases. If they are satisfied, they are going to come back. Yeah, exactly. How do you think brands can keep customers clicking? Yeah, this is a really big question, Will, but I'll say like there are... A few things I think are most important. One is try to use high quality and relevant content to engage users instead of short-term sales. Because that's really what keeps users engaged and understand your product. And most importantly, they know why you are a better fit instead of you are just $3 cheaper the other product and they don't really know what's the difference that is just not sustainable two i think it definitely needs to be way more interactive so users are getting into a very i would say e-commerce 2.0 type of feeling they don't want to see just static images and static text messages. They want to really watch videos. They want to be able to ask questions in real time. They want to be able to interact with the experts who are related with the products. 
So I think if we do these two, like very personalized and very interactive, that's how users can click with satisfaction and that's how they will come back or even refer their friends. Yeah. So the first first point's interesting. So engaging content, but I'm assuming in this case, you don't mean like blog posts and things. Are you? Are we talking about on the the kind of e-commerce side of the website? Yes. When I say engaging content, I mean something that is more than just a branding content for the product. I'll give an example. You can talk a lot about a t-shirt you are selling, but that's really like a limit of how much you can tell about the t-shirt, right? So people want to see, okay, if you were to wear it, how do I wear it together? How do I pair? So if I have a styling video to showcase, how can you pair this t-shirt in 10 different ways in summer? How do you really like make it look very differently and the cut and the material really make it stand out compared with other kinds of t-shirts? That's how users will be interested in buying. Especially if users can ask you questions in real time or engaging with other customers also shopping at the same time to hear, hey, how do you release down this kind of clothing? That will make them more interested in pursuing the product. Yeah. Okay. So kind of taking a similar content to like a shoppable live stream, like QVC sort of thing, and like in, like kind of influencer content. Like showing, you know, that video and, and content that not only it, it's it's not just a video version of a product image, right? It's not just showing the 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 product. It's actually like talking through people, talk sorry, talking people through how they can how how they can wear it, how they can style it. I suppose maybe talking about the actual feel of it as well, whether it's kind of feels like a thinner t-shirt or a, a bit of a heavier, thicker one. So yeah, kind of really richer i don't even know how to describe it but yeah you know what i mean like a, a richer video content that does the job of explaining what this product is really like yeah absolutely kind of when you are in the store when a sales representative talks to you hey well do you need any help the kind of help you should be getting because that is priced in in the product and when we yeah. shop online sometimes we lost that level of service. And I think that it's very important for customers to feel satisfied and really understand the products they are buying as well. Just out of interest, have you ever used Video Ask? Or do you know Video Ask by Typeform? Yeah. So I think what is very interesting about, I would say, this kind of format is... So hang on, I, I think just for, for the listeners, if anyone who doesn't know what video ask is, it is a, I suppose like a mix between a chat bot and video content really, isn't it? It asks you questions and when you click on the answer that you're interested in, you then get a video that explains that, that piece of content. Is that how you would describe it? That's a really, really bad way of describing it probably, but you can have a video which introduces the the t-shirt, for example, and says, and it's just a basic, you know, here's our, this style t-shirt in this color, what would you like to know about it? And then it can display, you know, five options on the side, and you might want to know more about the material it's made from. So you click on, I'd like to know about material, and then it switches to a video, a pre-recorded video, 
and it's a person who's just talking about the material of that of the t-shirt so it's kind of that video and video content but also engaging because customers kind of get to skip to the information that they actually want to know they don't just have to watch uh, the entire 10 minute video for example that's my yeah. long winded expl- explanation of it so i already saw our customers actually utilize us in similar ways so they have quits and after the quiz, that the rights to different the online video events that we run on their websites as well. I think what is interesting of all this play is the most natural way, I would say, is you make users make almost no efforts. So questions, questionnaire or quiz is one type of entry point, but the same entry point are as if the customers are just shopping on your different product pages, why don't we just automatically recommend relevant video content on each mm-hmm. product pages? And we automatically update them when we have newer content or certain content started converting better because of seasonality, because of different campaigns, because of different kind of new videos added. So I feel just doing only on the quiz it's great. It's always better than not doing it. But ideally, we have it in the entire shopping experience just as of the sales representative is passively on the side when you are shopping mm-hmm. and they give you recommendations that you walk through. So I guess what we are doing is kind of a superset of that because we do try to make recommendations on every page and throughout the shopping experiences. Okay. So I suppose the next question from that is how how do you produce that much content, right? How can a brand, because, you know, if if you're saying about updating content as well, and and I suppose different different types of video content, different areas of the website, even a brand with 15 to 20 products, which is not a huge amount, that, that could be a lot of content, a lot of video content to produce. Yeah, absolutely. So I think there are a few different ways to produce the content and actually way more engaging content than the traditional studio, studio shooting content that is very expensive yeah. and takes a long time. So one is we found a lot of amazing content are really just live streaming from their living room. So it just feels really genuine to the customers and because of the interactive function, that users actually like it more than studio shooting videos. So we were able to see our brand partners producing several videos per week just by giving this authentic content and that is a much cheaper cost to them. Another thing is user-generated content. Again, same about authenticity. We can shoot an amazing, perfect video, but when you have your customer come to you and just talk about their own experience using your product. That kind of video is, as you can imagine, Will, it's so much more engaging and has so much bigger impact to other customers. And again, so much more scalable because maybe you only have one marketing manager, but you have a million customers. And among them, there are some power users who would love to talk to you about their experiences. If you don't mind yeah. me sharing a really cute story. So we have a brand partner. They are doing anti-aging skincare. 
and they had once 80 year old customer coming to them and all he was saying i still remember a really powerful sentence he said he said after i was 60 years old i don't really like to look into the mirrors anymore but after i started using your product now I spend all the time looking at myself. And this is not like a marketing copy they wrote. It's genuinely from someone who's in his 80s. And I just thought it was so cute. And yeah. of course, the video worked so well. And we were all very surprised at how good he is in terms of like convincing other buyers who are around his age. But that's really just the beauty of like influencer power users because they really know our audience because they are our audience and that's just so genuine and like so interesting perspective they have from each of them yeah definitely i mean it just just doing customer interviews for clients you you get that that voice of customer right the 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 language that they use to describe the product how they use the products what they like about it the benefits they get from it and sometimes it's it's Sometimes it's surprising, but also, yeah. sorry, surprising in uh, you didn't even expect that answer, but it also yeah. can be surprising in just the way they describe a benefit, yeah. right? It's it's the same benefit that you know about and you, you might talk about on your website, but yeah. suddenly three or four people are describing it in a bit of a different way. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the, that's where the genuine, that's that genuine bit of it, right? The, the content, if you know, people are people might respond to the message that you've used, but if you're putting it into the terms that they use, it suddenly relates to them a lot better, and they're going to, uh, well, hopefully, be more likely to convert. Exactly, and we are also. I want to talk about why it also helps it to be more personalized because we talk about it's not only interactive but also personalized content is because you have so many different perspectives in the videos. That's how when users are shopping, because on the fly, we learn about the user behavior, what kind of content they engage, what kind of they don't. So we will be able to find a content that is in the tone and the voice they more associate themselves with and therefore be able to make the purchase decision on the spot. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's really interesting. I, I like that idea of trying to work out the the tone of voice and the the type of messaging that works with with different segments and presenting that do you, do you find is there any particular type of content that does tend to work a bit better absolutely it's actually very interesting well i feel uh, a lot of people they when they ever try to do this kind of content they try to make it more salesy kind of like hey this is a new product this thing is on sale but what I found that works the best, even in just pure purchase rates and pure customer engagement, has always been the more educational and more interactive content. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it really works in every single verticals. And why is educational? It's something like a classroom. You know, something about really the incense of the product. For example, well, we talk about silk in summer right it's really breathable it's really nice content okay but our silk is actually washable you can wash it in washing machine and why and this is still real silk when your customers are convinced with that and they would actually buy with higher confidence 
versus, oh, this is 10% off. But if they don't believe it's the same quality and the same feeling of a traditional silk, they're not going to buy no matter how many percentage you are giving them because at the end of the day, it is way more expensive than a fiscal shirt, right? Yeah. So I feel these kind of things tend to really not only convince customers, but also make them long-term customers because they're not only here for the sale, they're here to really learn if this works for them. Yeah, and I suppose there's two things there. Firstly, it allows you it allows you to explain all the amazing features and benefits of your product without having to put a thousand words on the page and hope that people read it. Right? Pe- a lot of people do prefer to watch video. You can also listen to it. Obviously, a lot of the time, depending on the product, you might not have to really pay attention to the, the video itself. So you could potentially just have it on your phone, have your earphones in while you're while you're walking down the street and just listen to the person talking about this product, almost like a podcast, I suppose. Second yeah. thing that I wonder is, does ha- just having that video, does that alone add a bit of kind of trust, add that trust element? Right, so if you're... Yeah. If you're an unknown brand, possibly even a small brand, but you've got this video content and it's clearly someone from the company just talking through this product, you know, I, I can't imagine lower quality companies are going to do that, right? Lower quality brands who are, who are just trying to sell and sell and sell and sell. But the ones who want that, want that relationship genuinely want to sell because it's the right product for people, that's, that's going to come across by having that video content there. Yeah, exactly to your point, Will. Like it really shows you care about the customers. You care about what they think. They care about like really make them make the right decision. And sarcastically, these people actually sell better because these actually has much higher ROI, much more evergreen campaign, and it actually accumulates the customers with better retention. So Exactly. It's so much better than throwing all your money on top of the funnel ads without caring about your customers. Yeah. So what about kind of just top tips, I suppose? What are maybe just two or three or or five, if you can, top tips that you'd give, you'd, you'd give to brands right now if they're thinking about it? Because, I mean, for me, I know the the biggest objection that I would get from from clients is resource. And yeah. we've got, you know, a thousand SKUs. How on earth can we possibly produce this content? So yeah. outside of not just focused on production of content, but yeah, what, what would your kind of top maybe five tips be for for brands who have maybe, well, I mean, most people have some video content, but brands who have very little video content, they've never done anything like this before. Yeah, yeah. I would say really think it as your entire marketing strategy instead of just thinking about its video on the site. Once you get into a more content-driven marketing strategy in general, all the way from top of the funnel to continuous user engagement, you will find a lot of the problems just got solved automatically. One, people ask me top questions. Frost, why customers only come to us when it's 40% off? We are losing our own margin. Well, because all you give the customers are the seasonal discounts. Mm. You have to give them engaging content. You have to really give them the service as people go into a retail store, right? Because it's supposed to be priced in in your products. 
Two, I wouldn't really be afraid of, oh, what if I cannot generate 200 video to start optimizing? I feel even if you just start with like three, five, or 10, you'll start seeing the huge difference. Even just getting your founder to talk about, well, this is our brand and this is why we design these season new releases and just make them directly on your website and let users shop the new releases of the season. That would feel so much better than you take a lot of supermodel shots and try to like just keep doing retargeting. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying those retargeting are not important. They're important, but it's good when you have both. So you really have the human touch right there. They feel they know you and mm-hmm. they feel part of the community. That really makes a huge difference. And yeah. third, yeah. exactly to Will's point. Sorry. Sorry, I just wanted to jump in on that bit. It's the, oh, I need to get this right. It's the Pareto principle, isn't it? The 80-20? Yeah. Right. So pick, you know, if you've got a thousand SKUs, pick yeah. the 20% of your SKUs, which make 80% of your revenue and start from there. And um, and if that is still, you know, if that's still a couple of hundred products or a hundred products, again, just cut it down. Find the top 10 products that are generating a decent amount of revenue and just do the videos for them first. Yeah. Also, exactly to your point, I want to say the third one is potentially the most important one and about make your customers click is make yeah. all these a very data-driven decision. When you have all these on your website, make sure you use a certain type of solution to know what is a few through attribution of your videos. Or in other words, when users watch your video, do they actually make more purchases? And when you have all yeah. these numbers on hand, it you would be able to navigate comfortably because you're like, oh, this live video I recorded in my living room cost me only $200 when I asked my marketing associates to do it. And it made me $20,000 more when I actually started recommending this to customers throughout our site automatically, right? Mm-hmm. Then I would definitely want to do 10 more, 100 more continuously going. So I feel having that in mind, not only make us able to understand customers more, optimize the content more, and also exactly to make it a sustainable marketing strategy because we know exactly user like the content they engage and they do make them either make a purchase right there or at least sign up to be a member and not continuously come back. Yeah. I guess that concludes the entire thing. Yeah. Yeah. I I think analytics is obviously really important at at a very basic level. Yeah. You need to know if people watching that video, do they, do they convert or do they bounce? Then you could go a bit further and, and see if you can get analytics on how far people watch the video. And you might find that actually you've got a certain piece of information in your video, which is putting people off. And that, you know, 60% of people who hit that part of the video, just, just exit there and, and go. Right. So that then tells you, you might need to change that message or you might need to remove that message. You know, it could be, you know, it's, it could be something educational. So in an example, a client of mine, they, they take a, a percentage of their uh, sales revenue and they use it for their sustainability mission. So they remove plastic from the ocean. There is a risk. So that's one thing we're looking at. There is a risk, of course, that 
if we present to people how much that a percentage is, or put it into a an actual kind of pound dollar value, there is of course the risk that people see that value and go, well, that's not much. And then yeah. that might actually put people off because suddenly, you know, they were they were amazed and wowed by the mission. But then when they find out how much money goes to the mission, they might go, oh, actually, <laughs> that's not really yeah. the impact I was hoping for. Yeah, yeah. so that's, also, that's, that's an example we're looking at. But Yeah, or well, maybe we can look at it in a more positive light. Sometimes you find out what when customers all convert at yeah. the moment and you learn about, oh, this is a really amazing content we should continuously be using. Like the example I just said, this 80-year-old grandpa, that line i will use it as my brand marketing line because it's just so well done it's better than any copywriter you could hire to say that right and it's really hard when you email your user and ask them to write a review they'll write that it has to be coming from like interactive and genuine conversation so yeah. hopefully your clients find more of these amazing moments of this conference really well and then reuse these clips but of course it also matters like when you see the convergent dip right there when people are concerned i actually see more high i actually see more high convergent peaks than the lower ones yeah. um I mean, when uh, you are I, talking to users yeah I, I, I think it'd be it'd be unusual to have a piece of piece of information there which would put people off um, yeah it's it's a bit of a niche case but also what was i going to say oh I, the episode that actually came up today or yesterday as we're recording this we did talk a bit about reviews and one of the things we were talking about was how, yeah, if, if you ask someone to write you a review, you're likely to get from the majority of people just a very quick note. I kind of, yep, love the product, color's great, shipping was fast, something like that. It doesn't really tell you that much. It's not that great. But if you get someone on video, particularly, yeah. I know this is difficult when you're getting reviews, but if you can get them on a one-to-one video and ask them to, and ask them to record it or, or ask for permission to record it, you get so much more from them because they're not just putting a bit of, you know, a few words down on paper. They're explaining to you why it was so good. And that, yeah. that one-to-one explanation goes so much further. Yeah. And just imagine when you have the video and you just make it automatically recommended throughout your customer's shopping experience to really like pop the content at when they need the content. That would be really even a bigger amplifier right there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What about, I know it's, it's it's sometimes just the opposite of what we've been talking about, but what about mistakes? Do you see any mistakes apart from being salesy? You mentioned that earlier. Yeah. Any, any, any mistakes you come across that you, I suppose you try and fix when you start working with a client? Well, I think one thing very important is really to, I I would say one thing as you just talked about is we really have to be data-driven and Mm -hmm. to be data-driven, we actually have to be a little bit patient as well because it's actually kind of dangerous. We did one video and all of a sudden we changed our entire strategy. To be data-driven, actually you have to have enough data to be data-driven. So I know everyone wants to sell out the products right away, but really it's a long-term strategy when we are doing a more content-first marketing 
style and really building the long-term relationship with customers, do it three to five times. And then we learn about what the customers react the best because sometimes it could just be the particular product users react to it. It could be the particular time they're releasing it. So we are to your point, when all of a sudden users all exit the video, it could be really the content put them off or even funnier is everyone just go eat lunch at the same time. So when you have a live event, yeah. that's like starts at like 11 a.m. in certain local time, at 11.30 all of a sudden left front left. Well, I don't think it's really like at 11.30 there's any particular content. It's just like people are going to get food and they were like distracted, right? So I feel if you do it again, like similar content, but different timing, then we know what is the impact to make the data-driven decision instead of we try to make a decision like with too many different variables combined. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, being data-driven is really important. Like you say, you, you, it's so easy to come to the wrong conclusion about something if, firstly, you don't have enough data, and secondly, you don't really... You've got, you've got to kind of properly analyze the data, and that can be tough, right? You know, it's... It, it is quite a, I guess, a leap to look at the, look you know look at the video data and say everyone dropped off at eleven thirty. What happened? And then someone goes, well, everyone goes to lunch at eleven thirty. Right? That's you know it's it, it can be quite difficult for a lot of people to make that connection because lo- when you're thinking about the content, what was working with the content, what's gone wrong with the content, you're not thinking everyone went for for lunch. Because that that concept is so completely separate from what you're actually talking about. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I feel people just have to be able to be patient. Just like when you're running Facebook ads campaign, if you only spend $100, likely you are not going to get really good results. You spend enough budget to try out and then you can make a data-driven decision. I feel it's the same for the investment for these new like video-driven channels. You have to spend enough quote, quote, number of videos. And then that's how you will find out what works the base for your customers and what will be the base strategy. Instead of, you know, the first two, you just want to change everything or just decide, well, video definitely is not working out for us. I feel for any new marketing channels, at first, it's always a learning curve, no matter how easy we make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the same with everything, isn't it? It's... You know, you might, you know, if you, if you really know what you're doing, you might hit a home run the first video you do and it works and you say, great, cool, let's let's keep going. But I know it is it is easy to give up early if you're not seeing results, particularly if, you know, if, if you don't like doing video content, if you, you know, it does, it does take a bit of effort. It's, it's, you know, you've got to set up, get yourself set up for it. You need to at least put together some sort of script uh, to give you that the structure to it. And it can feel like quite an overwhelming task. And if the first few videos don't go well, it's very easy to say that doesn't work for us. So so we're, we're done. But uh, yeah, I mean, you, you, you've got to give it a go. I suppose you've also got to have someone who knows what they're doing with it. That's that's also key. If, if you're not a marketer at all or a salesperson, then you know putting that video together might be quite difficult. 
Yeah, I would say it's the same thing. Putting a marketing campaign together is never an easy thing. And if we were to invest in this, let's just make sure we give it more patience because we just need time to learn from our customers. It's the same thing. I always tell my partners as well, when you run a Facebook campaign, you have to give it time to ramp up, to mature. It is just the same for every single content. But we are what I found when it's a newer channel, people tend to react more to smaller data sets. Not necessarily they give up, they'll just be like, well, we should make sure our video is only 15 minutes long because even 30 front left, right? So people only want to watch 15 minutes. But once you make it a different time, people actually want to watch it longer. So I think it just takes some time to learn about what are the best practices for particular the brand and the particular group of customers. I feel that's my biggest takeaway to yeah. not only this, but almost any marketing strategies as a yeah. whole. And just to add, add to that, I'd ask people, ask customers, what, what did they like? What did they not like? Ask for feedback on the videos. I think when when people thought, think about being data-driven, they think yeah. numbers and stats. But actually, you know, getting that feedback, that's still data, right? It's it's information that you can use to improve. Yeah, um, going back is satisfaction. Yeah. Like we first talked about, yeah. Yeah, ex- exactly. How satisfied were they with the content and, and finding out what which bits they did and didn't like or, or what they want more of. Right. You know, like, like we were saying earlier, your customers are going to, your customers know your audience because they are your audience. So get them to tell you what your audience wants. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Pretty sure I know the answer to this, but are there any brands or, or not brands, but any industries you think this might not work for or, does, or any industries where you think it just really, really works and you would absolutely suggest this to, to certain industries? Yeah, I think this this will answer both the questions at once. I feel like Will you talked earlier in our conversation. It is important the industry that the brands are committed to really give the content and education and this kind of service to customers. Mm-hmm. Right. So what I find out are really, really working, like the beauty industry, because people want to know what they are putting on their face or their body, like the wellness industry, the supplement, what am I taking, right? Like working out, uh, is this device really good for me? I can continuously go in, right? Like even home decor, like I'm buying a sofa, why is this $5,000 for this is $2,000? Tell me about what's the difference of the later because I don't know about you, Well, I actually don't know what's the difference of different layers, but apparently something is easier to clean, something's not, right? So really think about if you believe content and the product quality and the uniqueness is how you sell, which I think most brands think that way. I think this is the approach, right? But if you are, yeah, but you if you are like a store that's really just about, well, I just need to sell more and at like really, really low price and and freight discount driven, then I would say this is, I don't know, Will, I just cannot imagine any brand would think themselves that way. As I even I say suppose, that, right? Yeah, I, I suppose the, the brands were so focused on discounting and sales and promotions, it's it's almost difficult to imagine them actually being able to put together the content that would make the video worthwhile. 
Yeah, but I just couldn't imagine any brands would only want to do sales to engage customers. I guess that's as I was saying that I was like, well, why would you do that? Because that really is it's hard to be sustainable. I mean, I can tell you right now, I've got one brand who I've talked about, <laughs> I think on the podcast before and on LinkedIn. I won't name them, but actually I'm, I'm seeing my inbox now. It's now two emails a day every single almost every single day and they're all discounts well well i used to build a growth function at which starting at 2016 i think that's the golden standard of an online dollar store wish the app but even wish is all about user-generated content because when you have new products you still have to give really good content so that's why yeah when i was answering this question i was like even you are very discount driven there's no way you are only discount driven you do still care about the content and other users say they like this product yeah and that's People how still you have can to like actually it. yeah that's how you can actually sell that's why I, I was almost saying yeah if you only do discount i was like well if you only do that, you still have to have good content. So, but I do agree, like when your product is more unique and uh, does require more education, then that works better compared with more discount-driven brands. Yeah. Yeah, or like commodity products where people don't really care about the, maybe don't care about the brand so much. It's, you know, it's it's just a product that does a job. They just need it. It's fine. But yeah, you're right. Anything that requires education. I work with a CBD brand at the moment and people have lots of questions. And it's what's particularly difficult about that is it's regulated industry. So there are certain words that they're not allowed to use, words and phrases. And those are the words and phrases that customers use. So it's particularly frustrating because we know the language customers use and we're not allowed to use it. What's even worse and quite frustrating is they're not allowed to have that language appear in reviews either. So those reviews have to be removed. So you can't even have customers telling other customers in the language they want to use. So that's that's particularly frustrating. Yeah, I think regulations is definitely another very difficult part. But I think even with regulations, I know there are certain keywords that specifically helps the conversion, but usually there's another state of like, more like a longer statement, like a short story kind yeah. of, to still be able to tell the benefits and really hit hard to the customers. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Just before we, we finish up, is there anyone or, or anyone from a particular brand that you'd want to sit down for lunch with and have a, have a conversation about marketing with? Any kind of brands, like specific, specific like brand names. Well, yeah, I, I mean, is, it, to... is there a, per, a specific person if you've got one, or or just you know, the market, someone in the marketing team from a brand you like? I see. Well, honestly, I'm fan of a lot of different brands, and they are all doing really, really smart things. But if you say like recently, what I see, what I see are super cool. And for interesting is, wow, well, it's really hard. It's kind of you're asking a foodie for the best restaurant they want to go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you want me to just feature like one brand? This is like kidding me. I think I'm always a big fan of Nike, just in general. Mm -hmm. And they are really a pioneer of all these video content from really early on. 
and just using influencers to generate video content. Last year alone, I think they spent three billion dollars. Yes, just only influencer video. Yeah, so I feel like if anyone is hesitant doing that, look at the industry leader and what they do and where they are heading to. You kind of get a hint of where they are and yeah. what the industry is moving towards. Yeah, 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 cool. And finally, uh, have you got any marketing tools that you use on a regular basis that you'd recommend to people? Well, I would definitely say there are a lot of different marketing tools, but just make sure you get the data like right mm-hmm. there. So if you don't use any particular marketing tool, at least make sure your site is fully Google Analytic enabled yeah. so you really know where you are. And that's how you can also evaluate all different marketing tools that you use and really compare them apples to apples, all your analytics tags. And also, Will, I do have to mention my own company just because if I don't believe this is a base tool, why would I even create it, even my personal experience? So yeah, if anyone is interested in converting their e-commerce experience to be a more content-driven a more video-driven experience, please visit our website on socialchat.ai. And then I would love to hear your thoughts and your feedback. Like Will said, always talk to your customers to learn more. So we'd love to have that conversation about your content marketing play in general. Yeah, cool. And what's the best best place to get in touch with you? Yeah, so we will create a specific landing page for all the audience today, and they will be able to get a special discount if they come. So just go to socialchild.ai slash users who click. So I will send you the link as well for that okay. afterwards. So the like yeah, basically socialchild.ai slash CWC, and then the users will be able to get like a special deal with us. Cool. Well. Yeah, I'll I'll make sure it's in the in the show notes. Amazing. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Frost. It was great. No, it was super great. It was really enjoyable to talk with you, Will, and thanks for having me. Something Frost said right in the beginning really stuck with me, uh, making sure the customer is satisfied with their click. At the end of the day, getting the sale involves a series of micro conversions, and the customer has to be satisfied that each click has taken them towards their goal. How many times have you opened that FAQ uh, info icon or even explain an email to find that the content just doesn't really help you? It doesn't answer your questions, doesn't help you get to where you need to be. It's important to not just stick video across your website for the sake of it. The video content's still got to be quality. If you'd like to hear more from Frost, you can find her on LinkedIn. Any other podcast questions, feedback or guest requests, please send them over to will at customerswhoclick.com or DM me on LinkedIn. Next up, I've got Paul Valley with me. Paul is the Managing Director of Cocoon Rugs. We're going to be talking about their focus on the customer experience to convert and retain customers. But until then, keep those customers clicking.